You're listening to an episode of the Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life podcast with your host, Kim Olver. This is Kim, and welcome to the 144th episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life. If you like today's episode, be sure to leave me a review wherever you listen to your podcasts and share with your friends on social media. Just don't forget to tag me at Olver International. Today, I'm excited to talk more about mental freedom. I truly believe mental freedom has the potential to change the world. In 1987, I was exposed to the ideas of Dr. William Glasser called control theory, later changed to choice theory, and reality therapy. I had just begun a new job with the foster care agency and they required it of all their employees. I really loved it, especially the trainer. But little did I know how much that training would change my life. I was always a good student, so I learned it pretty easily and considered it a nice tool for my eclectic toolbox. I had a bachelor's degree in psychology at the time, and the university I had graduated from had encouraged us to be eclectic, using what worked in whatever situations we found ourselves, but that often felt like throwing spaghetti against the wall to see what stuck. Once I learned choice theory, I had a structure for how I saw the world, only I didn't know it yet. I only used reality therapy at work and was still yelling at my kids and feeling frustrated with my spouse. It wasn't until my husband got sick in 1994 with leukemia that I had a big stress point in my life where I didn't know what to do. I felt lost and eventually remembered that choice theory had a structure that would help me through that situation. Choice theory always taught us to focus on the things you had control over and to accept the rest you couldn't control. Even though his five-year struggle and eventual death was difficult, I stayed grounded in realizing what I had impact over and what I didn't. Then I entered a phase of my life where I found myself parenting two very strong-willed, testosterone-filled male teenagers by myself. My husband and I had one main subject we disagreed on, and that was parenting. He was strict while I was permissive. It wasn't great, but we tended to balance each other out. I got to play good cop to his bad cop, but being the good cop wasn't effective anymore without the bad cop to play against. I knew I needed to parent differently, but wasn't sure what I was going to do until I remembered choice theory again. Choice theory has an application to parenting that just made so much sense to me. I always thought it would be great to raise our kids using that, but I could never get my husband to agree. Now I had the opportunity to use choice theory parenting with my boys. Don't get me wrong, it wasn't perfect parenting by any stretch of the imagination. It was downright messy sometimes, but I had a structure to use that helped me maintain my sanity and keep those boys alive, sometimes by the skin of my teeth. Later, when the week before my youngest son turned 18, he asked me to take him to the Army recruiter's office to sign him up to join the Army so he could go fight in Iraq. You might imagine, after spending 18 years trying to keep him alive, to sign him up so he could fight was not something I wanted to do. I could have told him no, that he would have to wait a week, but once again, I remembered choice theory and how it advised people that supporting what people we loved wanted, even when it was hard for us to do so, was something we should do. So we got in my car and I signed him up. He went to Iraq not once, but twice. And I'm happy to report that I survived. 
owing mainly to my practice of choice theory psychology, every day he was over there. Oh, and by the way, he survived also. And then there was my hot air balloon accident that happened in 2016. I was working in Arizona one weekend for the Army Reserves and found myself with almost a whole day with nothing to do. So what does somebody do with a day in Arizona? I don't know about you, but I decided to cross off an item from my bucket list and go up in a hot air balloon. I was there by myself, so I was the only single person in the 12-person basket, including the pilot. It was an amazing experience until it was time to land. We had some unforecast wind that was pushing us horizontally as we were attempting to land right towards a mountain. The pilot attempted to lift us up over the mountain, but for some reason, the valve stuck on his equipment, so he was unable to increase our elevation, so the only option left was to go down. We went down much faster than we should have in ideal circumstances, and we hit an ironwood tree. Hard. When we had impact, I broke my right ankle. Then the pilot freed us from the tree, which caused a secondary impact, and I broke my left ankle in three places with that hit. I ended up in a wheelchair for what was an estimated four-month recovery, but was able to get out of that chair after two. The doctor completely credited my recovery to my attitude, which was completely based on choice theory psychology. I tell you all of this to say... I learned the concept in 1987, but it was through my subsequent challenging experiences that I began to truly integrate those concepts into my daily life. Now it's hard to tell where choice theory ends and I begin. Choice theory is no longer something I teach, a tool for my toolbox, or something I do. It's become my toolbox and is essentially who I am. Four years after my harrowing experience, you all know what happened, because it happened to you all too. COVID. I, like many others, began that COVID experience in total chaos. I was scared, I was disorganized, and I was displaced. I was in Florida, set to spend the month of March with my mother. Once COVID hit, all my speaking engagements were canceled, and the work I had left could be completely done remotely, so I decided to stay with her. Anyone with the choice between Florida or Chicago in March would be out of their minds to choose Chicago. Besides, I thought it would be good to be with my mother so I could do things like go into stores and be the one exposed to the potential germs. She had the news on from the moment she got up until noon when our Hallmark movie started, so there was no shortage of hearing the news report on the number of deaths and how COVID was sweeping the nation and literally around the world. I was such a mess for about two weeks until, you guessed it, I remembered choice theory again. I looked at all the anxiety I was producing and the fear I was experiencing and said to myself, self, what are you doing? You know how to manage this better. Just put choice theory to use in this COVID situation. And that's exactly what I started to do. I began advertising free support sessions for people during COVID, and for the people I knew on Facebook, I would host Friday evening Zoom happy hours. People thought I was doing it for others, and I was, but truth be known, those sessions helped me just as much. I felt useful, and I was able to have some fun when most of my work was delayed, and there was no fun to be had. 
One of the best things to come out of COVID for me was mental freedom. COVID gave me the time and space to put my thoughts and ideas together about how I was able to use choice theory to work for myself in so many different situations. At that point in my career, I also heard from several different people because they thought I wasn't just teaching choice theory, I was practicing and living it. Prior to COVID, I didn't have much time to really consider what that meant. But during COVID, I sat with those observations and thought about what that could mean. I realized that I was in a unique position to develop a process that helped people integrate some internal control psychology principles into their life. If you're listening to this podcast, there's a good chance you're already familiar with the tenets of choice theory that Dr. Glasser put forth. Mental freedom is not that. Mental freedom is built on Dr. Glasser's choice theory, but it's different. I think of mental freedom as a shortcut to implementing internal control psychology into every aspect of your life. You won't ever be able to look at life the same way again. It changes you. I learned choice theory in 1987, but it wasn't until my husband got sick in 1995 that I really began to use choice theory in my personal life, and it probably wasn't until 2001 that I would say I was fully utilizing it in every aspect of my life. That's 14 years. I don't ever want it to take another person 14 years if they want it to happen sooner. That led me to begin thinking about what it was I learned about internal control psychology through all the many challenges life put in my path so I could help others. Dr. Glasser was and continues to be my role model. Even though he passed away in 2013, one of the most exciting and frustrating things to following a model who's still living is that his body of work was never done. He would host a conference every year where people from around the world would come together who were interested in choice theory just to be near him and learn his latest thoughts. And believe me, he always had new thoughts. His mind never stopped. Just when you caught up with what was said last year, the new year would roll around with new additions and expansions of what he was thinking previously. That was frustrating and exciting in equal measure. I really loved that. Another thing about Glasser, remember I said earlier that he had originally taught control theory and later changed it to choice theory? That's because Glasser originally developed reality therapy in 1965. Due to some criticism from colleagues that said he had no theory to back it up, he went in search of a theory and found an engineering theory by Dr. William Powers called control theory that he felt was the perfect theory to explain why reality therapy worked. For years, the instructor at the William Glasser Institute taught control theory with some added components that were developed by Dr. Glasser, the concept of the five basic human needs and the concept Glasser was most proud of, total behavior. Later, he spoke to Powers to get permission to call what he was teaching choice theory instead of control theory because of the additions he had made to Powers' theory. Powers agreed. This also addressed a conflict Glasser had discovered. When people heard control theory, they often thought it was a method to control others when in reality it was the opposite, learning to control oneself. I also remember Glasser saying that instructors could teach something different than he did, but that he wouldn't want them to call it choice theory. He would want them to call it something else. Hence, mental freedom was born. 
It's just like Glasser's work was based on power's control theory. My work is based on Glasser's choice theory, but it's different. So I'm calling it mental freedom. I'm certain that if Glasser were alive and working today, he would have added exponentially to his body of work by now. So I want to honor him by carrying on the essence of his work in mental freedom. I've also been asked my goal and motivation for bringing mental freedom to the world. If you heard last week's podcast, then you heard me say for the first time what my goal is, which I'll tell you in a bit. But let's begin with my motivation. In choice theory, Dr. Glasser posits five basic human needs that motivate all behavior. We have all five of them, but when we look at the course of our lives, we can often see one or two that motivated the majority of our behavior. I know that for me, almost everything I do, I'm looking for love and belonging or freedom. And my motivation for creating and sharing mental freedom encompasses both of those needs. I've always wanted to help others. I didn't always know how to do that. I know when I began my career, I thought I was helping if my clients liked me, wanted to share their personal troubles with me, and needed me to help and support them. Now I believe I'm really helping when I can provide people the tools they need to help themselves. Mental freedom does that and provides relief from the self-created misery we tend to create in our lives. It's not the events that make us happy or sad. It's our thoughts about those events that contribute to how we experience things. Most people know that. You can't scroll through a social media site without seeing some meme about how it's not about what happens to you. It's about your responses to what happens. I believe 95% of our mental and emotional distress is self-created, but we just don't realize that, and if we do, we don't know how to stop creating it. Mental freedom does that. It helps people stop creating the drama and pain they're experiencing in their life mentally and emotionally. I know it's helped me with all the drama I've experienced in my life, and I'd love to share it with you to help you with the pain you might be experiencing in yours. And that's actually my goal for mental freedom. I know it's really ambitious, but my goal is to eradicate mental and emotional distress that people are experiencing that don't want to be experiencing that through the concepts of mental freedom. Mental freedom is different from a lot of counseling also. When I talk to people who've been in counseling, I hear that they've been seeing their therapist for anywhere between six months to several years, and they spend a lot of that time talking about their past, their feelings, and their pain. Mental freedom is different from that. People don't even have to tell me what their problems are. They can if they want to, but I don't need to know in order to be able to help. It won't take years. It'll only take six sessions. We won't even have to talk about the past or your feelings. Not that those things aren't important, but talking about them often just creates more misery. Mental freedom meets you in the place where you're a competent person with the ability to help yourself. Once you have the information you need to do that, and you learn the tools and develop the habits that will help you. You may have experienced serious trauma in your life, but that doesn't mean you've been broken or that you'll need counseling for the rest of your life. Mental freedom will teach you the information you need to know how to help yourself. And if you want to go beyond those initial six sessions to help solidify those concepts and maybe have some accountability or some personalization to your specific situation, then you can do that. 
I've tested these concepts with beta groups and individual clients and have experienced great success with rave reviews. I'm so excited about the outcomes and now I'm going through the process of doing the research to be able to achieve evidence-based practice for mental freedom. Ambitious, I know, but I'm still excited to embark on that journey. If you've listened so far, that I want to tell you about an offer. As I have collected a group of fine counselors and coaches who are interested in helping me with my research into mental freedom, I'm also helping them secure some clients interested in experiencing it. So if you're interested in getting some complimentary or low-cost counseling or coaching to help with this research, then please complete the form at https colon forward slash forward slash courses dot overinternational.com forward slash mfclt. Don't worry if you didn't catch all that. I'll put that in the show notes. I'll match you up with a counselor or coach and you'll either get six sessions of mental freedom or you'll be assigned to a control group where you'll receive that person's regular counseling or coaching methodology. If you were randomly assigned to the control group, then later, after your six sessions, you can opt to complete six sessions of mental freedom with that same coach or someone else. Some of these counselors and coaches are doing these sessions gratis, and others are charging a nominal fee. Your insurance likely won't cover it because mental freedom is not yet an evidence-based practice, but you can check with them first to make sure. You can always decide not to proceed if you're paired with a counselor or coach who's charging more than you want to pay. If you've been following my work and would like to experience mental freedom for yourself, this is probably your best opportunity to experience it at low cost. I hope you'll consider it. The sessions will start in mid-March and could be individual or group sessions. You'll only be committed to six sessions and you'll get some great support either way. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and remember to leave a review and share with your connections on social media. I also hope you'll join me next week when I'll continue the conversation on mental freedom. I'm looking forward to it. Talk with you then. This has been another thought-provoking episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life. To listen to past episodes, please visit our website at lifeequalschoices.com or listen wherever you download your podcast. And don't forget, remember to subscribe.